Welcome to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. On this week's episode of the CPG View, we sit with Raquel Navarsky, and we cover so many great things. First, we cover her 15-year experience at General Mills and the various roles she's held, how she's seen the industry evolve over that period of time. We then dive into her experience with joint business plans and performance, leading to improved market share and profitability. In closing, we cover the increased performance of data analytics and driving the digital strategy of General Mills and how her and her team are better leveraging data to understand customer behavior and optimize for marketing and sales efforts. Enjoy. We'd like to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DataWeave, the most comprehensive, scalable, and accurate digital shelf analytics platform in the world. Their AI platform transforms the way consumer brands analyze and optimize their digital shelf, thereby enabling you to enhance how your products are represented, discovered, and sold online. DataWeave's suite of solutions is location aware, providing nationwide coverage across all digital shelf KPIs, including a comprehensive view of competition. These insights can be customized and integrated across various other systems and tools, enabling a seamless flow of information and insights across your organization. So elevate your brand with DataWeave and accelerate your e-commerce growth. All right. I wanted to thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the CPG View. You know, our mission is to be the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. And having a leader like you join us just really supports our ambition. So I wanted to thank you first off. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That being said, I wanted to see if you, before we dive in, if you could introduce yourself, your role in the company you're at. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my name is Raquel Navarsky. I, uh, I currently serve as the customer vice president for our North America retail pure play business at General Mills. Um, so for those that are not familiar with General Mills, you know, General Mills is a leading global packaged food company. We produce snacks, cereal, convenient meals, yogurts, dough, baking mixes, kind of everything, 26 categories plus. Um, we've been around for over 150 years and our portfolio includes some iconic brands like Nature Valley, Cheerios, Old El Paso, Blue Buffalo, and Haagen-Dazs. Um, so within my capacity leading our e-commerce business, I've got oversight for sales and retail media operations across our key e-commerce customers, um, and I also lead identification and development of emerging business models and growth potentials uh, for long-term growth with the company. Love that. You and I, in our, in our journeys, we've probably had similar journeys along the way. And I've also found it interesting how so many of the guests on the CPG view, you could almost say we've lived the same life and to some degree. Um, yeah, so we're, we're in great company. Well, I wanted to start off and... You know, as we think about your 15-year-plus career at General Mills, congratulations, by the way. I was I was 16 at, at one company, so uh, hats off to you. You've, you've held several roles from field sales to zone operations and, to your point, now customer vice president of e-commerce. How have you seen the industry evolve 
during your time and what's been the most significant shift in your opinion? Oh man, um, there's been a lot. Um, sometimes it's, I have to take a step back and even think to myself, it doesn't feel like it's been 15, 15 years. I think if I had to summarize it in two words, it, the industry has just become more dynamic and complex. Um, and we can of course talk about the consumer journey and now all the touch points and ways to connect in the way that you know, with the pandemic that's accelerated e-commerce as part of that. But honestly, I think we're in a more, we are in a significant shift now and there's so much more to it. You've got changing demographics and a new kind of era of this new multicultural consumer that's now becoming the majority. You've got all these technological advancements and, you know, data access and AI that comes with it and external factors that are shaping our supply chain, political factors that are shaping how we go to business. And so I really believe this is a critical and a fundamental time where we're actually seeing the shift. And while no one can predict where it goes, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And I think a lot of us in the space right now, like we're leading and influencing where that goes as we kind of build the boat as we row it. Yeah, very, very good point. It it has changed so much in the last couple of years, and and uh, I think it's it's only going to continue to change uh, as we as we look look ahead. You know, so as we we think about before your before your time in your current role, you were the senior customer manager for Target, and your team was responsible for a very large business and budget. Can you share some insights on the strategies you employed employed to accelerate the relationship and um, a JBP or joint business plan performance, which ultimately led to improved market share results? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the our relationship with Target. I tell you, we approach similar how I like to think about all our relationships with our customers and. It's about how do you start with the same values and aligned priorities from top to bottom? Um, similar analogy, but it's like we all need to be steering that ship in the right direction, you know? So with Target, it was about making sure we were aligned jointly on what we need to accomplish and having real and transparent conversations and pushing each other as a result to be best in class, because I think that's where real innovation and outside the box thinking happens. If I'm being truly honest, like that took multiple years um, with Target. Um, and I think how we won was one through consistency of reiterating the same message of, hey, here's, our, here's what we're after. Is this still right? Are we still aligned? Is this still the direction that we wanna go? But also being real with what we could deliver and actually following up. And so for us, I remember it was, one small win at a time, which then turned to one bigger win at a time, which then led to kind of the, the results that we were able to drive together. And to me, what's important about that is I think oftentimes we get caught up for various reasons on what is the next short-term goal? What is the next short-term priority or number that we need to hit? And what really made us successful with was Target is we knew we wanted to play the long-term game. And so we built a plan that would drive long-term success for both of us. Love that. That there's the there's the playbook. Um, 100% agree. I think you know to your point. What I've also found is 
you know, from that that old saying from the book we've all read probably is, you know, begin with the the ending in mind and aligning on what success looks like, what you're going to measure, um, what your maybe current constraints are, and then iteratively evolving over time, right? And, you know, there's that old saying of, you know, we can do anything, but we can't do everything. And I think that's so true, especially in my experiences, you know, having really, really solid joint business plan discussions that are mutually equitable with, uh, with you know, our customers. 100% and being comfortable pivoting where you, when you need to. Yes, great point. So as we think about that, you know, to your last point, also during your tenure, I believe you were recognized by Target as the food and beverage vendor of the year. Um, having been a part of those awards over the years, I know that's a very prestigious award. Um, can you talk about the key factors that contributed to that achievement? And and also, too, you, you did it as well with best-in-class engagement from your team. I believe your team, you, you told me, had a 96% or so engagement score. So interested how you were able to, to do both, which are really quite impressive. Yeah, thanks for the question. Talking about um, people and culture um, is definitely a strong passion of mine. You know, the, the recognition of food and Bev vendor of the year, I mean, like that's that's the ultimate measure of success when you're on the sales team, I think. And it goes back to a, I think it was a result of the consistency and the follow-through that I mentioned that I mentioned above. Um, but what I don't want to discredit, and I think equally important is to do that, you have to have a culture within your own team that's motivated and feels empowered to go after do and do some of this heavy lifting and, and work to drive those, those types of results. So I like to think about it in terms of how can I create a culture of belonging within my team, within my region, regardless of if that scope, you know, five people, 10 people, 20, multiple, but it's really about how do I make sure that people feel like they can bring their whole selves to work and have the autonomy to run the business, which I think is critical. And so I think there's, there's lots of ways that I think we talk about this in the industry. There's lots of articles out now, right, of how do you create a culture of belonging? For me, it's pretty simple um, at its core, not easy, but simple. And so I, I like to focus on leading with authentic vulnerability. Um, so like what that looks like is I, I am very kind of vocal and showing up the same way that I do at home as I do at work. I share personal stories about my life. Um, if I took a lunch break workout because I needed a mental break, I make it a point to show up on camera, even if I may not be looking the, the at my best, because I think it's important to practice what you preach for your people and let them feel like they have that comfort and that support to be able to fully be themselves too. After that, I set direction, I set guardrails on where we need to go to drive the business. And candidly, I get out of the way. Um, because I know that these, these people and that are working for me are super smart and have much better ideas than I could probably ever come up come up with. And so if I just give them the guardrails of where we need to go, it's amazing how much you just see them fly and the results that you can drive. I love that. So many things you describe there are textbook for how to drive the engagement rates that you you mentioned. I'm not surprised based on 
your description there of, of why a team would vote you so highly and and honestly why likely you know to your point target would have voted uh, you all vendor of the year so that's that's very interesting i think to, in my also personal experience over the years is making sure that authenticity you, you said uh really strikes a nerve with me in a positive way um i i wholeheartedly believe in that and i think that you know we we have to be ourselves because everyone else is taken and if if our teams see us being one way in one setting and fundamentally a different in another you, you know people people watch what you do they really don't listen to what you say in many cases right and i i fully agree with your point there with regards to authenticity and consistently showing up in the same um, same manner and same light. I agree. And I think sometimes this is like an area that we overthink, you know, mm -hmm. we read all the textbooks, we see mm -hmm. all the, okay, do this and then do that. Follow all these rules when at the core of it, you're right. People are watching you and how you act and how you show up. And so I have found it much more relatable and, you know, it doesn't feel like this hairy daunting thing that I need to do when I just take a step back and think about what is the one small thing that I can do personally and like the big impact that you can have on that. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, as we switch back to your current role as, as customer vice president of e-commerce, how do you see the future of the CPG industry in context of the rapidly evolving digital channels and, and preferences? Um, you know, thinking about perhaps what strategies General Mills is implementing to stay ahead of this highly competitive and volatile uh, market? Oh, man, um, that is a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> a couple a couple of different thoughts. So I, I think you're going to see consumer preferences continue to proliferate and this blurring between online and in-store even, even more so, right? Like I think a lot of what we hear now about where the future of the consumer is going is connected experiences and back in store and digital as a component of that. And so it's only going to become more blurred and gray. And so the amount of touch points and channels are just going to keep increasing. Um, we talk a lot about incrementality and the importance of that. I think that will continue as we as brands need to make choices about where they invest that next dollar. But I also think we'll start to hear more on profitability and scale because there's only with that dollar, you want to make sure that you're maximizing your reach and that also you're not trading off one channel for another where maybe that original channel was more profitable to begin with. And so I think the conversation will expand a little bit beyond incrementality in that sense. Um, I think there's a number of strategies that I could point to at General Mills and we can get into them more in, I know, subsequent questions, but maybe I'll take this part from like a sales lens. So I'd say specifically with my group, like I said, where we look at evolving channels and customers, um, but we really like to take the lens of who can help us grow the total pie for General Mills versus again, shifting from what it could be a more likely profitable channel that we already have today. So common questions you'll hear me ask my team or us ask our customers as we approach them on business opportunities is, you know, what's the incremental usage occasion that we can drive across our portfolio? Is there a meal solution play? Like how do we get one more item in that basket? Um, or how can we bring new and potentially high value consumers into our brands to drive long-term value? So again, that mix of both 
short-term kind of growth aspirations, but also we want to make sure that we're driving long-term value with, with our brands and with these consumers. And then we prioritize our big bets accordingly. And so you'll you'll see we take a balanced approach. We know we've got to win with the big guys. And so with those with those big players, we want to make sure that we're thought leaders in the ideas and solutions that are bringing forward. But we also do a ton of testing and learning with new customers to gain insight on what's scalable that maybe then that can go back to the broader organization or again, what can complement our existing channels and businesses while building some first mover advantage, which we know is absolutely critical in the e-commerce space if you want to win the basket. I love that. There's a there's a lot there to, to your point. You know, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is as the, the space evolves, uh, the spaces, the verticals, the channels that you know we're seeing in CPG evolve, we, we need to make sure that we're evolving our capabilities and our systems to enable us to extract the value from those changes. And, you know, what what perhaps was a nice to have a couple of years ago uh, might be a must have, uh, you, you know, as we think about the current state or, or the near term future. So, you know, really interesting context for you for you on, on that prior question. I, I guess I wanted to ask you one more and then I wanted to ask you one more uh, personal question to get your to get your insight. You know, you know, last business question here. Um, you know, as we think about data and analytics, you and I have been in this space for for quite some time, and certainly long enough for us to hear the rhetoric of the importance of data and and speed. And um, but as we think about data and how it's really probably been much more popular in the last, probably certainly COVID, uh, but it was gaining popularity pre that point. You know. Can you discuss any particular insights or trends that you've seen that have emerged from a data-driven approach and, and how they might be informing some decisions that you're making from a team point of view? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. There's so much evolving in the in the data, in the data space. Um, and I'm excited to see where that continues to evolve too. I think to your earlier comment, one of the biggest opportunities we've got you know, in this digital world is how do we drive some more consistency around measurement too, as we think about all the data inputs that are coming together. You know, I think for us, as we think about our data strategy and the, and what we're bringing in and learning from our consumer basis, like we like to think about it in terms of what is the core question that we are trying to solve, which is, what is a solution or a problem that we can make better or how do we just drive joy with our consumers? And so much like everybody else, we've been building our first P databases and we've got you know iconic websites like pillsbury.com, bettycrocker.com, things like that to kind of build those insights. But where we're focused and I think have taken an innovative approach is how do we partner with other folks in the space like Fetch Rewards to get those same type of insights and create a personalized experience with our consumers. You know, what I think we are finding is where the consumer is shopping and how they are purchasing their baskets, what recipes are they looking at, and that's allowing us to be much more targeted and personalized as we create overall brand equity. So I'll give you an example. We've got a, a big Annie's brand today. It's got lots of different categories within that. What we are now able to get to with our data analytics that we weren't before is 
who is the household that's maybe buying mac and cheese and fruit snacks, but they're not buying our cookie and crackers today. That is a really powerful insight as we think about of like, there's a lot of value in that consumer. And so how do we want to build that relationship with them? How do we want to target them um, and give them a personalized experience um, that will just bring them more into the Annie's ecosystem and maybe in turn, will one day bring them into our broader portfolio ecosystem. Um, but I think it's little insights like that of where we're starting that can have make a big difference and make sure that the approach that we're thinking across some of these big brands have a longer term impact with those core consumers that we're probably not reaching as well today, which is kind of blunt force measures, right? Like a two for five promotion in store or a national ad. And so that things like that, that make me most excited about data analytics. And I think where we can go with those insights moving forward. Yeah, so much of what you said resonates from, from my experience and beginning with the consumer in mind. Um, again, per personal context, uh, you know, for brand working in brands over the years, we had a uh, one of our peers in the space on a CPG View episode a couple of weeks ago. Dom is the VP of e-commerce at Nestle Health Science, and he was discussing beginning with the consumer in mind and how important that is. Very similar to, to your points there. So I wanted to end with one personal question, non-business, non non-value creation, non-data non-EBITDA, none of those. So if, if you could go back to a younger, your younger self and give you, give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh man, I, I would probably tell myself the ladder is not a straight journey up and to embrace the shoots and ladder aspects of the, of your career. If I, if I think about of how I thought my career was going to go when I first started at General Mills or the path that it would take and where I am now, like I could have never imagined or dreamed of the experiences that I've been fortunate enough to be a part of. And a lot of that um, were in areas where was not on my roadmap. And so it took some trust and some leaning in from good mentors and good advisors. Um, but I would say trust the chaos and know that, again, it's not going to be a straight ladder up, but embrace the journey to get there. I love that. I feel like we could we could use that for uh, uh, coaching for interns and, and entry level and mid-level managers who maybe get discouraged when, you know, they had one goal in mind and it instead of going straight up, you, you zag left or zag right. But yep. If I hear you correctly, some of those zigs and zags probably uh, were, were some of the most valuable moves you could have made uh, in hindsight. 100%. Awesome. Well, this was a tremendous, uh, I, tremendous time together. I appreciate you joining us. You know, as we think about, you know, what we're doing on the CPG view, our, our ambitions to be the, the number one CPG, CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders and Having you discuss, you know, specifics with regards to digital capabilities and strategy and your personal experience with uh, the JVPs with your prior customers and then also sharing your point of view on leadership empowerment. I think it's very, very helpful for the audience and our community as we look to the, the old saying of the, you know, the old notion of rising tides raises all boats. And I just wanted to express my appreciation for you joining us on, on this episode. 
this was a blast. I was happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Before we go, we want to express our gratitude to DataWeave for their support. As you continue to scale your digital journey, consider optimizing your digital shelf with their innovative suite of solutions. With DataWeave, you have a partner that understands the key role that digital shelf KPIs play in unlocking opportunities for growth and does not compromise on consistently delivering trustworthy insights at scale. So head over to dataweave.com to learn more and start accelerating your e-commerce growth today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. Mm-hmm.